are Locked On Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Sun Devil fans, it is a Victory Monday edition of the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. After beating the University of Arizona Wildcats, it feels so good to say that after all the wins we've had this year, while this one did not have any playoff implications or Pac-12 South uh, as far as the Sun Devils winning, uh, definitely great to always get that win against U of A. So on a Victory Monday, we're going to be going over the good, the bad, and the game balls throughout this podcast. But as always, thank you for making Locked on Sun Devils the first listen every single day. We are free and available on all platforms. This episode is also brought to you by NetSuite, who is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth with visibility and control of your finances, inventory, HR planning and budgeting, and much more. NetSuite is everything you need to all grow in one place. Up to this point on the podcast, you're just hearing me so far and not my co-host, Richie Bradshaw. He is out for the day. Uh, dealing with an illness still. He's kind of been fighting for about a week or so, so definitely keep him in your thoughts. Uh, So we should get him back still this week. Uh, But as of right now, you're going to hear a lot of me Monday through Friday. Uh, We are still on Twitter. You can find me at Cedrios or find Richie Bradshaw at Richie Brads with a Z36. We also have our Twitter page. That's going to be at LO underscore Sun Devils. Uh, We also have content that comes out Monday through Friday, mainly going to be focusing on basketball coming here really soon. Uh, But that's going to be uh, on the Odyssey app, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, uh, or Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcast. Currently, we only have an audio version of this podcast, but we should have our YouTube page up and running here soon, so make sure to be on the lookout for that as well. So I promise that we're going to start off this game with the good. So great win against ASU versus U of A. Didn't necessarily start out that way, though. Uh, I want to say it was at least like high 60s, low 70s, like 67 and 77 yards, if I remember correctly. But U of A started the game with the ball and led two pretty lengthy drives, but um, they they did end up holding U of A to field goals respectively on each drive before they put up their own field goal, or their own touchdown, I should say, took the lead at 7-6. So U of A at least seemed to, to come to play a little bit, but their defense was definitely something to highlight. Uh, at least part of it. We'll, we'll get into the bad later. Uh, the good part that I want to highlight is kind of the bend-don't-break mantra. So... Yes, they did not look incredibly sharp, and we'll dig into some of those numbers. But overall, you were missing three starters and a backup player as well. Starting, obviously, with Darian Butler, uh, but also running mate Merlin Robertson, uh, Evan Fields, and then Markham were all missing from this game. So defense did not look incredibly sharp overall, but fact is, is I, I think I even tweeted this out too, when U of A had gotten into our red zone, what what seemed like almost in a flash after a few pretty big chunk plays, and we only gave up field goals. I was feeling pretty confident about that. It just felt like the game could have been so much worse uh, for ASU had uh, Arizona scored touchdowns on those drives instead. Um, So at least kudos for the team to to make adjustments. I I feel like it could have been very easy to give up on... um, give up kind of on that drive in general, but defense still held its own, uh, making some pretty key plays here and there. Uh, one that we're going to talk about, which is going to be Jack Jones. Jack Jones for his last game uh, against, or at least playing for the Sun Devils, playing against his rivals, a team that he absolutely hates, had a phenomenal game. Uh, 
The pick six was obviously the biggest play of the game for him as a player. It wasn't necessarily a pivotal play, only because ASU was still up. Um, but for him, that was actually his first ever career uh, pick six. So for him to, to be able to throw that ball in the stands, I, I think he said something like that was premeditated as well. Uh, post game, he had talked about if he ever got a pick six, he wanted to throw that ball in the stands. So what time to do? better time to do it, I should say, uh, against your rival in your last ever game playing for your alma mater. So, but he was also part of that fumble for, I want to say it was the second quarter, maybe early second quarter to late first quarter. Uh, but Tyler Johnson ended up recovering it at the one. Uh, but Jack Jones was running after their quarterback and essentially trying to punch at the ball. I don't think he ended up getting credited for the forced fumble, um, but still nonetheless, very impactful on that play. So good on Jack Jones as well. So, I want to talk about the unsportsmanlike penalties and not so much as a, a area to shine, right? There, there's definitely some chippiness that had happened, whether it was uh, deserved on either side is kind of a, a moot point, but this definitely felt like a rivalry game, right? While there weren't any huge, huge implications, it was kind of a season that U of A wanted to be able to forget or at least put a little bit of a, a cherry on top of a, what was a nightmare season for them. ASU definitely coming up short of their aspirations of being able to win the Pac-12 South and being able to compete for the, the Pac-12 title as a whole. Uh, but you had a ton of unsportsmanlike penalties that were at least e even called. I think five off the top of my head were accepted, but I, I know for a fact there were more that were called. Uh, one of them on that Jack Jones, um, Jack Jones toss into uh, the stands for that football in the pick six. He might have. There might have even been a second one on that play because I, I think. The following drive on the kickoff, uh, it started on ASU's like 10-yard line or something like that. So um, definitely a, a very chippy game for sure. So at times, it's definitely deserved, but um, I, there was a U of A player that ended up getting ejected. Uh, U of A ended up stomping on ASU's logo pregame and then ended up tearing up patches of grass, which I'm not going to sit here and say like, you have, or ASU is perfect just because they're rival schools doing something that's kind of disrespectful towards them. Uh, what makes the the logo part kind of suck is their groundskeeper, Brian Johnson, they highlighted before the game. Uh, he's been their groundskeeper for 37 years, and he actually got to sign his name into their logo uh, for his last ever game that he was with the team, so that was pretty cool. So, uh, again, not going to sit here and say that ASU is just, they have a roster full of just darlings. Uh, they're going to do dumb stuff. Unfortunately, they are college kids, but at this point, they're adults. So for, for U of A to do that was kind of lame, um, but the chippiness obviously was very much there. So Jaden ended the month um, with, he had two touchdowns in this game, two passing, I should say, both being to Ricky Pearsall, but only had one other passing touchdown in the month of November. So he essentially doubled that. For Jaden Daniels, while this is not his last game, we had talked late last week about how we wanted to see Jaden Daniels just absolutely pop during this game. If nothing for himself, just to give ASU fans a little bit of confidence going into next season. I, I think he's going to come back. Could he have potentially declared if he had this phenomenal Heisman kind of season, or at least be uh, one of the better quarterbacks in the nation? I, I think you would have seen him leave, but after a very up and down season, not seeing him progress with his arm as much as he could have, um, great last game for uh, Jaden Daniels. So while the numbers through the air don't look particularly impressive, uh, he did end up throwing for two touchdowns, as I had mentioned, 
to Ricky Pearsall, but he was 10 of, I think it was 14 pass attempts for 86 yards. Not very efficient. It's only like six, just over six uh, in attempt. Uh, but he did have 10 carries in the ground for 86 yards and another touchdown. So it feels, and I don't have any stats to back this up. It feels like as I watch Jaden, he does seem to be a little bit more efficient of extending his plays. Not so much just taking off, but when the pocket does tend to collapse or he rolls out, um, he's not always just looking to run. It seems like he has his eyes upfield a little bit more. Whether they actually complete the pass, uh, again, I don't have numbers necessarily for that, but it just feels like he has at least evolved a little bit in that area nonetheless. Um, offense overall did play pretty well on the ground. Rashad White, just short of 100 uh, yards, uh, had the easy touchdown after the Tyler Johnson fumble recovery at the one-yard line. Ricky Pearsall, again, if you're only attempting four passes for him to be able to get five of those uh, for two touchdowns, uh, obviously very solid for him. Rashad White, your second leading receiver, is not very surprising. I, I do want to touch a little bit more on this in the bad segment just because this affects the ASU Sun Devils a little bit more as a whole in their future. But overall, both sides of the ball felt like they came to play. While it was not perfect and it felt like we were digging ourselves a bit of a hole to start the game, you won the Territorial Cup for the fifth consecutive year. Five straight years, you have beaten your rival. It's not like... Depending on how good ASU is doing, that does not necessarily have to be the biggest game of the year for them. But in recent memory, always a win you want to get. Uh, the last time they had won five straight against U of A was 1969. So it's it's a pretty big deal. Whether they're going to be able to bring it home for a sixth time, yet to be seen. With, with a lot of people leaving ASU in this offseason, uh, we'll definitely want to kind of keep that in mind. But five straight wins against U of A. A lot of us who live in the state of Arizona probably know people who went to both schools. If you are a big ASU fan and you're going to be talking about this game on Monday, perfect time to bring up that stat that you haven't, it essentially hasn't happened. It's not so much that it's easy to do. So if someone says, well, it hasn't been, what's that, almost like 50 years, a little over 50 years since that's happened, it's a big, big deal. So, ton of bragging rights for ASU fans. They also had four sacks, which, not that, that is some incredibly eye popping number. But considering they went five straight games without a sack, that absolutely was becoming a narrative. It was becoming a large narrative, I should say, each and every game. So for them to get four sacks, uh, they had five TFLs, three pass defends, uh, that fumble recovery. They had a touchdown, which was due to Jack Jones. 74 total tackles. I, I mean, they got a lot of production in terms of like stuffing the box score in the defense from a lot of different players. Uh, what was kind of cool was seeing both Kyle Soley and Connor Soley get to play linebacker at the same time since you were missing both Merlin Robertson and Darian Butler. So uh, that felt like a, a kind of like heartwarming piece to this game as well for Sun Devil fans. But uh, Jack Jones also getting one of those sacks. So uh, great all-around effort, regardless of, of how ugly the game might have seemed at a time. Winning 38-15, to 15, they covered that 20-point spread. It, it, at least towards the end of the game, it felt like more of a blowout than initially uh, it did in the, the first half. So Great way to end the season. We'll, we'll see where they go from here. Uh, we'll talk more about this week. Uh, but Herm Edwards was confirmed to be the head coach of the team. Next season said he's going to be talking or looking more at the transfer portal come Monday morning, uh, considering they're going to need more players to be able to come onto this roster to be able to compete the way they want to next season. So stick with us for the second segment. We are going to be talking about some of the bad that had happened. Again, not a perfect game by the Arizona State Sun Devils. You're listening to the Lockdown Sun Devils podcast. All right, college football fanatics, have you heard about Price Picks? Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. 
I love this, and I know you will too. They're a leader in college sports daily fantasy. They offer more college football props than anyone in the world and offers all the star players of the Power Five, as well as mid-major players you might not have ever even heard of. PrizePix offers any prop you can think of, from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. Here's how it works. You're going to use the promo code Locked On, and any user that uses this promo code is going to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Again, just be sure to use that promo code Locked On. You're going to pick two to five players and an over/under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. And it's just you versus the projected numbers. Prize Picks allows mixed sports entries, so you can take the over on LeBron combined with the under on Mahomes in the exact same entry. Use the award-winning app on both App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. PrizePix is safe and offers fast withdrawals. So don't hesitate. Check out prizepix.com and use that promo code Locked On, or go to your app store and download the app today. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. We're back for our second segment of a Victory Monday edition of the Locked On Sunnibals podcast, beating our rivals, uh, the U of A Wildcats. So not everything went ASU's way in this game. Again, it didn't start off very pretty for the Sun Devils defense. I, I think if you had said like U of A was going to be able to kind of drive down, drive the ball down your throats as quickly as they did, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't getting a little nervous. Um, I, I think I had compared this game pretty frequently to the Washington State game where ASU had kind of given them the ball four or five times alone in the first half. So ASU did end up holding them to several field goals on some bigger drives, which is great. But at the same time, they allowed a lot of yards through the air. And I mean a lot. Coming into this game, Will Plummer, on games that he had started, um, he was allowing about 160 passing yards through the air. And instead, he passed for 346 yards at nine yards in attempt. Only had one touchdown through the air, and they did have that Jack Jones interception. So it's not all bad. It's not like he tossed three or four touchdowns on you as well. But it's just the, the chunk yardage, right? Stanley Berryhill is definitely a stud. We had talked about him coming into this game. I want to say he ended the, this game probably around 85, 86 catches for the season. So definitely their go-to guy was not a surprise to see him involved. Uh, longest catch was 29 yards, which I think was kind of a, a back shoulder uh, against Jack Jones, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, it was a really, really great catch by him, so I definitely don't want to slight him whatsoever. Uh, dude's a phenomenal receiver. Now, I'm curious to see where he goes, because I, I, in my opinion, from just watching this game, he definitely seems to be draftable, so I'm curious what his NFL career looks like. But after him, the entire team as a whole averaged 12.4 yards per catch. 12.4, like that's that's a pretty solid day for a receiver. Once you start getting closer to like 15 yards a catch, that becomes pretty elite. So the fact that the entire team averaged that much is, is pretty incredible. And that includes um, a Jalen Johnson catch for negative one yard. So uh, just tossing that in there as well. It's probably a little bit closer to 12.5 and higher. But after that, you had, it looks like, five guys over that 12.4 yards per catch mark. Uh, Dorian Singer had two catches for 80 yards, so he had two big plays. Each at about 40-ish yards. Uh, Booby Curry had four for 54 at 13.5 a pop. BJ Castile had three for 51. So it's not like you had a ton of guys like Barry Hill who were just getting a ton of catches and picking up these yards, but they had a lot of guys that picked up yards against this defense. So at the end of the day, what truly matters is if you can hold people to field goals, even though you're giving up these chunk yards, that's great because I'll trade our touchdowns for their field goals all day long. But that being said, I didn't come into this game expecting to be kind of thrown all over by Will Plummer. Uh, 
even if we hadn't held him to, you know, 200-ish passing yards, I would definitely have considered that a good day. But once we would have gotten above about 250, that kind of entered bad bad game category to me for this this secondary as a whole. So uh, you're going to have quite a few new corners coming into this team with both Chase Lucas and Jack Jones uh, leaving this team. Both have been playing you for a long time. Chase Lucas is your all-time starts leader, I believe, for any ASU defender, not just corners. Uh, but definitely a staple of this Sun Devils defense for a long time. So getting some new faces in there is going to feel a little bit different. Not sure we're going to be able to rely on some of those corners as much as we have that duo for some time. So we'll be able to, to talk about that a little later on down the road. But we do need to talk about Jaden Daniels yet again. While I did talk about him in a positive note in the first segment, he only attempted 14 passes yet again. Here's the thing. is You're not going to have Rashad White coming into next season. You are going to have Chip Trainum, who he definitely lost favor after he had fumbled multiple games in a row. Uh, leading to big big drives from the opposing team that kind of put a, a dagger in you. An example like versus uh, Washington State, and I think he fumbled against the UFC the week after. But if you're not going to have Rashad White in this team to be able to kind of carry you, are they going to be able to rely on both Chip Traynum and Daniel Nagata in the same way? Because if they're not nearly as effective as Rashad White is, that means you're going to have to rely on Jaden Daniels more uh, going into next season. It's not so much that I put everything on him. If you don't have some other stud receivers to be able to help him out, you shouldn't necessarily expect his production to be among the leaders of all of college football. But the thing is, is throughout the entire season, we've talked about how we wanted to see Jaden Daniels progress as a passer, and it just never happened. And while it's easy for me to play Monday morning quarterback and sit here and say, I don't think he's ever going to progress to the point where ASU needs him to be, because now he's essentially two and a half to three seasons in, depending on what you want to count with that COVID season. And he just, he doesn't look the part. I don't think he hurts you at the quarterback position. He's just not a difference maker. He definitely, I, I think, defense keeps defensive coordinators up at night with his legs. Clearly 10 for 86 on the ground and a touchdown with a long of that 48 yards. I mean, the dude can be dynamic for sure. But if he's not nearly as much of a threat in the passing game and you just have to play from against the run, it doesn't mean you can always contain him. But I'll take those big runs against my defense um, from Jaden Nanos if it means he's not picking up uh, consistent chunk yardage anyway. Passing overall is going to be more efficient than running the ball, even if ASU can consistently pick up yards on the ground. So Jaden Nanos coming to next season, I think they're going to have to rely on him a little bit more out of necessity due to lack of personnel mainly being Rashad White not being on this team anymore. I really do think Chip Trainum is going to be that dude. But in sample, like the month of November was pretty terrible for Jaden Daniels alone. Uh, I don't think he had any game over 200 passing yards. and this one, he only had 86 passing yards. I understand that part of that is a volume statistic. If he averaged 40 to 45 passing attempts a game, his stats would not be this low. But that being said, would he be as efficient through the air as he has been throughout most of the season. This game is not necessarily a great example of that, but there's been plenty of times where uh, he's picked up, essentially his yards per attempt was pretty good, just not passing for a ton of passing touchdowns through the air. So he's going to be back, I think, for one more year. I don't think they're going to have another solution at the quarterback position. So whether you feel like that's a good thing or you feel like you're stuck with him, that just kind of is what it is. So 
I think he had three total passing touchdowns as well in the month of November. Those kind of numbers just don't fly at the quarterback position. They they just don't, especially for a guy who has been as talented as Jaden Daniels was. Um, was a big, big get for us at the quarterback position, started as a true freshman. At this point, he definitely feels like a bit of a letdown. Uh, this game, definitely no exception to that. Come back for our third and final segment. We're going to be talking about some of the game balls. Who deserves to go home with the last game of the season? A divisional game ball has to be better than any other game ball we've been out this year, right? Stick with us for the third and final segment. You're listening to the Locked On Sun of Us podcast. This is it. The putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budgeting, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. 93% of surveyed businesses increase their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 27,000 businesses already use NetSuite, and right now, through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash lockedonncaa. Head to netsuite.com slash lockedonncaa for special end-of-the-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. Again, that's netsuite.com slash lockedonncaa. It's here. The best Monday of the year, Cyber Monday. And Built.com is the best place to aim your mouse. Get at least 20% off everything delicious and healthy. That's 20% off site-wide. And even bigger discounts on Built Boost, Broth, and Built Swag. A brand new Built Bar flavor has just landed just in time for Cyber Monday. Caramel Almond Delight. And it delivers everything it promises. Caramelized chocolate? Check. Almonds? Check. Delightful? Double check. Be sure to get yours before they're gone. They have 150 calories and 17 grams of protein. And this season, maybe you're craving a little bit of white chocolate. For a limited time, get a new special Built Bar Puffs flavor, white chocolate cheesecake. The only protein filled with marshmallowy centers covered in white chocolate. That's going to be 140 calories, 17 grams of protein. Tis the season to save and give your taste buds the gift of Built Bar. Get to Built.com for these incredible tasting new bars and 20% off everything. Head to Built.com and enter code LOCKED20 before it's too late. We're back for our third and final segment of a Victory Monday of the Locked on Sundays podcast, talking about the game balls. While I've talked about Jaden Daniels in both the positive and negative aspect, getting three touchdowns, two through the air, and one on the ground, you got to give him at least one of these game balls, uh, especially for getting a win against U of A for the captain of your team. So 10 for 86 on the ground is nothing to joke about. Uh, same amount of yards he actually had through the air. So good for Jaden Daniels at least getting them the victory, not turning the ball over, and still providing them some points multiple ways. His essentially running mate on offense was Ricky Pearsall, who received both of his passing touchdowns. Has not been this great deep threat short of like, I think it was against maybe UCLA. He had four catches for like 130, 150 yards, whatever it was. Ricky only had five for 52 through the air and one for uh, one carry for seven yards on the ground as well. But even though he only averaged 10.4 yards per catch, getting those two passing touchdowns, being involved in multiple ways like they have throughout the season, Good on Ricky Pearsall, ended up being your, your leading receiver for the Sun of his team. While he's not the prototypical X wide receiver that you might think of, 
definitely a consistent go-to guy for Jaden Daniels to be able to rely on. Wish we would have gotten to see him a little bit more involved in this offense as he has been uh, consist- consistent, I should say, and predict- productive throughout the entire season. Now looking at the defensive side, I don't know how you could not look at Jack Jones and just think with that swagger, with that pick six, with essentially what should have been given as a, a forced fumble uh, and the sack, should have, he, he's been absolutely phenomenal throughout the year. This game was definitely no exception to that. For him to get his first career pick six on his uh, what was his last game in college football as a Sun Devil against their biggest rivals, uh, good on Jack Jones. Wearing really the ASU pride on his sleeve. Uh, so it was phenomenal Phenomenal watching him all year long. Dude had a great game to end the season. Uh, also got to give it to my man, Tyler Johnson. Uh, he had a sack and a TFL. Uh, and then also fell on that ball towards the one at line for that. Uh, for what almost was a touchdown for that defense. Sometimes I got to remind myself in college that when a player is down, regardless of being touched by the opposing defense, uh, that they're just down. Because I thought that was a touchdown for a second for Tyler Johnson. Was super happy for him uh, until the ref had called him down at the one-yard line and had to remind myself I'm watching college football, not NFL. Definitely some other game balls we could have given uh, throughout this team as well. Chase Lucas had a great day with seven tackles uh, in a TFL. But sometimes when you're looking at cornerbacks and seeing how many tackles they have, that's all well and good. But the box score doesn't tell you if they're making these plays towards the line of scrimmage or in the secondary. So... For him to be making tackles maybe on catches he's giving up versus uh, meeting running backs or slot wide receivers, whoever, uh, on like short intermediate passes, doesn't necessarily tell me that. But still good on Chase Lucas to be able to make those tackles. Eric Gentry is a linebacker I'm definitely looking forward to seeing playing more next season with a couple vacancies with both Darian Butler uh, and Merlin Robertson and also Kyle Sully all leaving this team. Eric Gentry is going to be somebody who's going to be heavily relied upon. Uh, who also had a sack in this game as well. I think he's super versatile. Could have given him a game ball here. Uh, Kyle Sully is a name I had just mentioned as well. Uh, essentially stepping in for the other two linebackers that were missing during this game. He had six total tackles, five solo, uh, one TFLs, and a pass defense. So a lot of different game balls you could have given to this Arizona State team who won 38-15. to Not quite as dominant as the 70-7 to win from the, the last season, but... Definitely a great bragging rights kind of win for this ASU team. Uh, If you have different thoughts on who should have won the game balls, definitely feel to reach out to both Richie and I on social media. Interested in in hearing more of your opinions. But throughout the entire week, we're we're definitely going to still be incorporating some football content for sure. But basketball season is now in full swing. So we're going to be talking about that a little bit more, or I I should say a lot more throughout this season. Even though they haven't gotten off to the hottest start, we're going to be bringing on other guests throughout the season, just talking about maybe why they think ASU is playing it the way they are, what they think is going to happen against the upcoming opponents. You're definitely going to want to hear more of that basketball content coming from Richie and I. But thank you so much for listening to us. Uh, you can find us on Twitter. You can find me at Cedrios. You can find Richie at Richie Brads with a Z36. Remember, we also have our Twitter page. You can follow us at LO underscore Sun Devils for Locked on Sun Devils Twitter page. Uh, we are we definitely tweet throughout the games, giving you great content. Uh, ideally, it's going to be statistics uh, or maybe like great meme content, whatever it is throughout that game. Definitely want to be able to interact with you guys during basketball season or football season. But we also have content that comes out Monday through Friday for our podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or the Odyssey app, or wherever else you get your podcasts. But thank you for making Locked on Sun Levels your first listen every day. 
Now make your second listen, Lockdown Bets. They're going to be your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms.